You're listening to the second season of The Study Podcast with Dr. Paul Wegner on Genesis. I'm your host, Tyler Sanders, and I'm here with Dr. Paul Wegner, and he is going to give us the Hebrew word of the day. And we were, Tyler and I were talking about this. It actually fits really well what we want to talk about today. It's mabul, means flood. Flood. Yeah. That's what we're on today. Now, what I wanted to show you this, oh, well, Genesis six seventeen is where I first found it. Mm-hmm. And behold, I, even I am bringing a flood of water on the earth. That Notice that of is in brackets because it's not there in the actual uh, he, uh, English or Hebrew text. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Wait, have you ever heard of a gloss? Do you know what a gloss oh, is? Yeah, I think so. Like okay. in, in the Hebrew text, basically, right? AKA, Where they combine kind of words into like a shorter? Oh, no. Um, this one is going to be where it actually explains what the word is. Oh. And if you look at the Hebrew, it actually says, uh, I, even I am going to bring the flood, okay? Uh-huh. Water upon the earth. So it, so it looks like that that. Oh, like phrase, water. Yeah, that, it's describing that, it. Yeah, that's, defining it. that phrase "water upon mm. the earth." I think is is describing it, and that's what's usually called a gloss. Okay, and and I think that's probably what that is. Because think about it, they've never had rain before, so they wouldn't know what a flood was probably. Yeah. So it's kind of neat that that it actually has to explain it right in the biblical text. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, he's going to destroy all flesh. Which is uh, which is the breath uh, which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. So it's it, well. Let's first look at the word. It, it occurs thirteen times in the Old Testament. Nine in this passage. You know, yeah. in, in, in like the, the, the narrative this context. of the flood. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually kind of interesting. Most of the time, it's here, and then all the rest of them are just referring back to the flood. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, what I wanted to show you is that it looks like the world's already destroyed. And so when God brings a flood of water, it's already sh- these guys are so corrupt that it sounds like the earth is already destroyed. So I wanted to show you that. Um, verse 5 says, uh, this is in chapter 6, mm-hmm. the Lord saw that the wicked of, wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And remember when we saw that, we talked about this before, yeah. and it sounds like that's, that's just like... In in the, in Hebrew, that's like heaping these phrases up to yeah. show just how bad it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then the Lord was sorry; He made man on the earth, and he and he he was grieved in his heart. And then we drop down to eleven. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said. Uh, to Noah, the end of all flesh has come up before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. Isn't that amazing? Mm. It, it just, in my mind, it's already sounds like it's already destroyed, and yeah. now God's just going to finish the job. Right. Yeah. So it, it just, I thought, when I first saw that, I thought, wow, that really is amazing what God told us about how corrupt it was, and then he's going to destroy it. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, then, uh, we, uh, okay, so we're in the section. Remember where last time, we, or one time, we talked about the structure and the Toledoth pattern? Oh, yeah, yeah. This one now, we're in the history of Noah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even the history of the flood. It's actually the history of a person, Yeah. And which makes sense because the book is about God's relationship yeah. to people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the rec- or the records of the generations of Noah. Noah is a righteous man, blameless in his 
this time, Noah walked with God, and Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Uh-huh. So basically, it is telling us that this is the generations of it, and then he's got to tell us about Shem, Ham, and Japheth, because they'll be in the story. Yeah. So kind of helps us know who's yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right? Okay, first of all, it tells about the purpose for the flood. Oh, actually, it doesn't actually say the purpose. He just says he's going to wipe out all mankind and all of that. But the purpose must be to punish sin and to give righteousness a new start. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if the purpose of the flood was to wipe out sin, it didn't work. Right? Because sin comes sure, right, right back after it's right. over. So my guess is that's not the purpose of it. The purpose was to curtail sin enough so that righteousness has a new start and a, mm. and a better start. Interesting. Yeah. So that's at least what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Look at the size of the ark. So it's 450 feet long, uh, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high, mm-hmm. which that's, that'd be that's really big. big. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Mayflower was only 90 feet long. So that right. gives you, in contrast, uh, how big it is. Um, the Ark was equal to in space to about 569 modern stock cars. Okay. That's, if you think about it, that's a lot of stock cars. Yeah, that would be a lot, yeah. Yeah. I wanted, at this point, I wanted to tell you about this. Okay. Uh, it's a, a DVD, mm-hmm. and it's called The World That Perished. Yeah. Now, it's really old, so I'll tell you that right off the bat. But... In the middle of it, there's a core of stuff that's really helpful, hmm. like telling you how big the ark was. Um, it's, oh, yeah, 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 It's about the size of 20 modern basketball courts yeah. to give you some help. Yeah. Um, and then it talks about um, if every animal is about the size of a sheep because um, you know, you're going to have some really big ones and you're going to have mm-hmm. some really small ones. So they, they did it about the size of a sheep, and that would only take up about 60% or, or I think wow. it's even less, 30%. And then all the food would, on top of that, would take up another, uh, I don't remember, it's, uh, another 60% or something. Uh-huh. So so it actually gives you some proportions of saying whether this is even possible or Interesting. not. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and it also talks about the ark being in the, shape, uh, in the structure of a modern ship today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's three, uh, three by five. The proportions kind yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. And, and they say that that's the same ones that modern shipbuilders do Interesting. today. Wow. Yeah. So, it, so it's real helpful to give that kind of information. Yeah. Okay. So, and, the world that perished. Yeah. And actually, I, last time I used it, I went online and could get it right offline. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's as long as you know the name, that's, yeah. I think it'd be helpful. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then another thing, it has three levels, and then there's this this rim around the top to mm-hmm. let air in. It's like, they called it a window mm. around the top, and then it has uh, it, it calls them rooms, but the Hebrew word is actually the word for nests. So it's almost oh, that's like fascinating. Yeah, little nests for all these people, and and that would make sense because you're going to have pretty wild animals in here. Yeah. So you need them in their own space to keep yeah, them yeah, away yeah. from the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. So so I thought that was helpful. And then there's a pair of every unclean animals and then seven pairs of every clean animals. Hmm. And some people have argued, oh, that's because two stories were put together. And I'm going, I just think God's logical. He knew that if, if Noah was going to offer some sacrifices at the end and you only got two pair of, uh, or, you know, one pair of these animals, they're gone. So, uh, yeah. Take a step back. What does that mean? Two stories were combined. That like there was a... Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, some people have argued for like a JEDP source mm-hmm. theory. Yeah. So they've argued that it came from two different sources, Yeah. which 
I don't think it makes much sense. If, that one source was saying there was a pair of every yeah, animal, and then another, and then another one, one that was like kind of made that distinction seven between pairs of each. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it seems like to me it, that's not as logical just knowing that God yeah, yeah. understood what was going to take place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I put down here the world that perished so that you guys would remember that's yeah. where the video is. Okay. So that gives us some idea about the ark. Yeah, the scale. Yeah. Um, the literary structure is actually really interesting too. Ooh, I see brackets. Yeah. But it starts off with a transitional introduction. It ends with a traditional or a transitional conclusion. Mm -hmm. Then there's um, two divine speeches before it and two divine speeches after it. Okay. But right in the heart of it, you've got that God remembers Noah in chapter 8, mm. verse 1. Yeah. And, and then, so you've got the flood rising up, you know, before it, then the water's going down. Uh -huh. And and so it looks like to me that there was a clear structure for this. Yeah. Um, it, there's two people that uh, were had a debate on this uh, going, uh, one was... Um, a uh, guy named Wenham, Gordon Wenham. Mm -hmm. And Gordon Wenham argued, he said, look, look at the brilliant structure here. And and uh, John Emerton responded and said, well, what else did you expect? It's a flood. What the water goes up, up the water comes down. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think if you look at this, it does have a lot more structure than just a flood going up and down. Yeah. It talks about the, the waters um, rising for 150 days, them receding for 150 days. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, right in the heart of it is so God some of remembers. the details make that connection. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's more than just, just uh, the water goes up and the water comes down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think this is real helpful. Helpful to see, though. Mm -hmm. And what do you call this type of structure? Well, uh, I call it a palestrope. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and and, and uh, as, as you can see, they balance against each yeah. other. And the important thing is right in the middle. Yeah, and so Th that's, that's what it's it. doing, basically, is it's highlighting yeah. the most important piece. Yeah. So, okay, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's interesting, the dates of the flood are all within Noah's life. You know, um, this was a common way to do things back at that time, like uh, kingless. Well, mm -hmm. well, sometimes the Babylonian kingless will sometimes have the the uh, the king, and then the the which day it was in his reign, and then okay. what a very important thing that happened during that time. Yeah, and so you'll have those in there. Um, what I think is interesting here is, had they not done it that way, I don't know what they would have linked it to, right? Because there's. Mm. There's no major uh, kingdoms, at, empires at this time. Yeah. There's nothing like that. So you wouldn't be able to do this. But if he links it with Noah's life, then you know how long the the, uh, the flood was at least. Yeah. So we've got it a year and 11 days, basically. Hmm. Yeah. So I think that was helpful. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. All right. Now we're into the debated part. Is, yeah. Is it a local flood or is it a universal well, flood? Can you tell me a little bit of these stakes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Behind this, like, why is this such an important distinction to make? Um, a couple things that I think are real crucial. He says that this flood is not going to be like any other flood that they've mm. had because, um, and, and we've had some huge local floods. Yeah. And, and so he's saying this one is going to be more than any of them. Yeah. And a, a couple things that I think are interesting is that each of the continents have what looks like indications of water covering them. Like mm. you'll see uh, crustaceans and, and um, some kind of shells on almost every, even in Antarctica, there's some. Yeah. So the question is... Where you is, wouldn't expect to find it. Yeah. If it's if it's a local flood, why would you have that everywhere like that? Mm. Um, so now, I don't think there's going to be a theological problem with either of them. Uh, as long as... Mm. As long as the, 
Yeah, I, the one thing that has to happen is all the air breathing uh, animals and yeah. and men have to die. Yeah. Now and birds and things like that. Now birds can migrate a long way. So if it's a local one, it would seem unlikely that that bird could not fly out of it. Yeah. And it would seem like to me, if it's a local one, why didn't God, rather than having the ark built, why didn't he just move all the people? Oh, sure. It out of the... Be, yeah, been so much easier, it would have seemed like. Yeah. So it just seems like the evidence suggests this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But there are problems with each of the views, and I do want to point out those. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about universal flood first. This is the one I hold, because I actually think there's enough evidence around the whole globe that, that would not be possible otherwise. Hmm. Um, but the universal language uh, suggests a universal flood. Like it always says, uh, all the mountains were covered, even all the high ones, um, hmm. stuff like that. And because water tends to flow, to, you know, it, it tends to seep to the lowest level, yeah. you would think it would just, even if it was a, um, a, a tidal wave, let's say, that wiped out people, you would think that in time that would just Receive go back, back. to, to yeah. normal. Yeah. Um, so all the land is used in Genesis 129 and in 11.9, suggesting a universal sense. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, the amount of time suggests a universal flood. It's because a, it's so long. A year and 11 days is a long time. Mm -hmm. All living beings that breathe air had to be destroyed, and it would seem like they could just move to other places if it was mm. local. Um, and I put on there, uh, water tends to level out. It could be difficult. Uh, to confine a certain part of the earth. What I did want to show you is if it, it's, it might be possible that both of these could be right. Hmm. And the reason I say that is right now they, they believe that the earth was put together in what's called a Pangea, mm -hmm. where um, all, all the, the continents were basically connected. Yeah. And, and even today, we know they're moving at about an inch a year apart from each other. So, cause, so they, they're floating to some extent. Mm -hmm. So I think um, uh, it, it might be possible to cover this area here and still have other places that were. See, in my mind, tides are kind of like that. A tide, uh, you know, like the moon will pull the water. Mm -hmm. oh, what I didn't realize is that there's a high tide on both sides. Hmm. Uh, I always thought that the moon, when it pulled it, it actually made it so it was uh, wherever the moon was. But apparently on the opposite side of the it earth... It also gets high tide. Yeah. Oh, and then low tide on the, the places where it's it's away from the moon, hmm. uh, the moon here. So I thought, if you had the Pangea in the right spot and the earth was tipped just right, mm -hmm. you could actually have that whole Pangea covered, and then maybe the rest of it would be more like low tide and, and have not mm. as much water. Interesting. So I guess it is possible, at least, that that could do it. And mm -hmm. if it's a Pangea, it covers it all. But think about it. It's not just a daytime. It would have to be for a yeah. whole year that that was covered, right. which seems less likely to me. So that that's that Pangea. And I think that's actually helpful to know. And we do know that it's still, it's yeah, still, still moving. Movement. Yeah, still um, movement. Uh, the problems... What would happen to all the water? Yeah. Um, you know, actually, <laughs> this actually is really good there. The DVD. Yeah, because yeah. it actually says that um, in one spot in our oceans, it's seven miles deep. Mm. And that's that's a lot of water that that would, that yeah. would be. And, and I think, I, I can't remember exactly, but it's like three-fourths of our world is still Something like that, mostly yeah. water. Mm -hmm. And then if you think about the global ice caps... Water, as it freezes, goes up, so it could just continue to freeze and be up higher, mm. and so that could be where a, lot, a good share of the, of the water is stored, too. Hmm. 
So yeah. and 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 you know they found dinosaurs or things like that up in those global. I, oh I sure, yeah, 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 yeah. So it it does make sense that we have something like that anyway. Interesting. And yeah. and another thing that this DVD points out is that if there was some kind of a, um, a vapor canopy or something like that that burst during the flood, mm-hmm. so that all that water would come down, that could be that could also hold the temperatures more even. So that is a mm. possibility of what could have happened there too. That's interesting. Yeah. So. All of these things are at least plausible, at least. Okay. Yeah. Um, the one thing that is still a problem with a universal flood is, would the Earth's crust be able to bear up mm. under all that weight? Yeah. Because uh, if you think about it, the Earth's crust is actually quite fragile. Uh, mm. It's only, you know, I think it's only two uh, miles thick. Yeah. But compared to the rest of the Earth, that's really yeah. not much. It's like a thin shell kind of. Yeah, that's what people have said. It's like an egg. And if, mm. if you put too much pressure on that, they would it would burst the... the um, continents and stuff like that. Well, now, partially, that could have happened, you know, at least some of that could have happened Hmm. in the flood where it's um, uh, pushing these plates around and stuff like that. Like that would be what happened with Pangea, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Partly why it's being broke up and Hmm. stuff. Okay. So at least least there's things like that that are possible to help you. Now, does the timing work out for that? Oh, what do you mean? Like if, if, you know, we know that like, Continents are moving like an inch, yeah, an inch a year or whatever. Like, how far back does that put their yeah. estimation of when Pangaea would have been together? That'd w- be probably considerable. Yeah, but I would probably say that's probably not a very good way to do it because I'm hmm. assuming that at the flood they could have been moving faster, faster. than they are now, okay. and now it's just kind of a settling process. Mm. So it could have been more then. Yeah, yeah. And what I was gonna say about the Earth, mm. um, it's also possible. Remember, it says that the water comes up from under the Earth too. Oh yeah, yeah. So as that pressure gets on the outside, you'd have also water shooting up through it that's under the Earth, mm-hmm. and then and then the minute it kind of um, equals out, then it wouldn't. Totally. So, so what could happen is help crack it, but then not totally smash yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a possibility. Okay. All right. Now for a local, local flood. Local flood. All right. Um, sometimes the word all has restrictions. Hmm. So I've in given, Genesis. Yeah, I've given some examples where all doesn't necessarily mean everything. Hmm. So it's possible. Um, would it be? Uh, it would be possible to kill all the air-breathing animals with a local flood if the continents were joined, like we had in that mm. Pangea. So that yep. might work. Uh, the gravitational pull of the moon may be able to create a wave that would then cover the continent, but it has to cover that continent for a whole year, and that's that would seem at least unusual for how we do it now because we have yeah. double tides and yeah. and it'd seem unusual that you'd have it that long unless you could tip the earth to some extent hmm. and have it always but it's still it would still be rotating I would think. Yeah. So I'm at least I'm not convinced that would happen. Uh, problems. A natural reading of the text suggests a universal flood. Yeah. And I think most people would agree with that, you know, right, right. when it talks about all the highest mountains and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, it's easier just to move animals than to build an ark. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Take so if a it's not, time. if it's a local flood, why not just yeah? Now th- it kind of. I think place. there's a response to that too, because maybe God wanted to give those people a chance to repent, and mm. so maybe building the ark was some way to say, okay, here's this the, is the way, kind of. Yeah, and this is the possibilities. Do you want it? Do you want to repent or not? Mm. So it's possible there could be almost like a sign to them that this is was coming, and God told us. So do you want to get out of it? 
Yeah. yeah. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God promises there will never be another flood like this one. So that means it has to be bigger than any of them we've ever had before. Yeah. That one has to be true. So it'd have to be the biggest local flood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And then uh, birds, again, can migrate. Uh, long distances, yeah. and we know that they they can yeah. fly uh, from the you know the places in Canada all the way down to Panama and in that yeah. area in the in migrations. Yeah, so we know that that's possible. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our possibilities. And here's that idea of those tides uh, helping gravitational pull. Yeah. All right. Um, so that that's pretty much our things. Do you have any questions or or things that you want to know about this? I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know if there's anything specific. I, okay. I, I mean, there's always kind of questions, I think, that touch a lot of other yeah. pieces. Like, I mean, maybe like a question would be like, if we're looking at, you know, kind of fossil records to see, yeah. you know, sea life and in, in places we don't expect it. Yeah. You know, how do you kind of hold that in one hand while also kind of holding in, yeah. you know, what that information seems to tell us about like the age of... The Earth. So, like, yeah. I guess there's some of those questions I have, like, about how do these things interact with each other? Yeah. Um, it would seem like to me, um, can I come back to that question yeah. a minute? Because yeah, yeah. what I want to do is I want to also say, I don't think this is uh, a primary uh, thing that we all have to agree on. Hmm. I, I think it's very possible there's going to be good, solid Christians that hold both of these views. Yeah. And and I don't think that's a problem. And I think we ought to be able to get along with people that sure, hold yeah, these yeah. other views. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, just, I mean, like you said earlier, it's like you you don't necessarily see a theological. Yeah. Hang up with with either one particularly. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure people know that because you know there's going to be people that hold both views, and yeah. that's fine with me. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's go. I wanted to show you Grand Canyon because it seems, and and I think almost everyone will say that that most of the riverbeds that you see today, there's there's a they're they're not holding the water they they could contain. Hmm. So the question is is how did how did something like this get made that are so broad at the top and and just got a little in the uh, in the bottom? Mm-hmm. And even if that even if that river was ten times more, it's not going to create something this vast. Right. And the only way that I think this could be created is if if it at one point was more malleable. I mean, because in the bottom there, there's solid rock that 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 uh, river is going over, mm-hmm. and it and it does. They're still there. They it doesn't yeah. wear it all away really quick. Yeah. But these things are are mammoth. How did how did we get this? And I think it has to be before those rocks hardened, you've got this sediment that then was being carried away that would then actually provide to get something like this. So it would have moved faster than probably like a... Yeah. Maybe like a geologist or whatever would say like it's... We would just have to take millions and millions of years. Yeah. But potentially if uh, the rocks weren't super hard yet, yeah, it could have moved faster. And also in the... Uh, when that, uh, about Three or four years ago, I got to go down the Grand Canyon mm. on a teaching tour about oh, wow. about um, uh, how it was created and stuff like that, and it was really helpful. There are actually folds in the rock too, um, mm. where where a rock will be will be totally bent over. Um, I wish I had some pictures of them, um, but you'd wonder how would that be made if yeah. if this was uh, gradually because if it's gradually they're going to wear at a pretty constant rate and you're not right. going to have these bends in the rock yeah. so how did those come about and, mm. and they argued it's because 
that at some point these were softer rocks that could be, you know, sediment that yeah, could yeah. then be bent and then hardened. Yeah. And so you've got these big bends in them. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and some of these um, rock formations go all the way over to uh, uh, like Sedona, the red rocks. Mm-hmm. They can actually find that layer over in here oh, too. And wow. this is, this is like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, 50 miles away. Right. You know, so so it's interesting that that far away you still got these levels of mm. of red rock and and you can see where they are. Yeah. So one other thing that was really interesting when we went through there is you can get to a there's a place where below it you don't have any fossils or anything like that. And I guess this is not the only place, but at least mm. in um they actually showed us one where you go below a certain level and underneath there are not fossils and stuff like that, like what you'd expect. Right. Um, if it's a gradual thing and, and mm. it was just built up, why is at a certain point are there no fossils and anything like that below it? That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've i got pictures of it somewhere, but I didn't bring those today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, saw, I thought you should see this. This is a, 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 a flood in Pakistan, mm. and, and this was a... a Look at how much is affected from that flood, and and so I thought, you know, if if the flood we're talking about is is bigger than any one that we've ever had before, this was amazing because this whole area was affected by that flood, and I thought thought that would help you to see just how big they are. Well, tell me, tell me a little, a little bit about the the damage we're seeing here. Uh, it, apparently, that's all water. And and so um, so that was where the water was when that flood came through, so this ha- this has to be, oh, several hundred miles because oh. we're up in we're up in space yeah. looking at at how much damage was done there. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that would be helpful for hmm. us to see. Yeah. And then this one's kind of a neat picture. This is the, it's called the Horseshoe Bend. Oh yeah, in this Grand is very Canyon. famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, that shows the different layers of the sediment that were laid down. Mm-hmm. And if there it was a flood, they were laid down quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you In know, the chaos, to, to essentially, this. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that would be helpful. Hmm. Now, this one I thought was helpful also. This is in Arizona, and, and there's one place that uh, is even better. I couldn't find it. But this was, this was from a drone taking a picture of... This looks like water running off, hmm. uh, and this is a desert now. Yeah. So it and it left these these water runoff things. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's really helpful to see. Uh, probably water from a flood could have actually have torn through kind these, of cut through. Yeah, and made these. So I thought, oh, that's helpful. Yeah. And then I thought this is another picture of the Grand Canyon. I just wanted you to see how vast it is. Yeah. You know, this you can see it clear over in the you know well. At least, at least, yeah, miles and miles, yeah, and miles. 20 miles away. At least you yeah. can actually still see these great gulches that are there. Yeah, it's hard to. I've only been once oh, and I went to the North Rim, and it really yeah. was a it's shocking. <laughs> it is, yeah, I mean, it, it really is how the, the, the scale of it is unbelievable and how deep they are. Yeah, you know what my kids did? My kids went to the southern, southern border or of it, they looked over and said, Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> On the northern rim, it's like there's fewer people. Yes. And you can actually... You can see down further, too. You can see way down. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can camp. Like yeah. right next to there's cabins like right there. And yeah. that, even that's a little bit... I mean, if you sleepwalk or something, yeah. you, just feel like you're, you just feel like the edge is just right there. And it is so vast that even yeah. though you... You know, it feels solid and everything, you know, yeah. it, yeah. just when you get close scary. to the edge, it is. It's it's so... Because yeah. it's just so, so deep. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's the Grand Canyon, and yeah. it's, it's helpful. Yeah. Um, following the flood, Noah built an altar, okay, and offered a burnt offering to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God promises never to send another flood like this one. Yep. So these are the, some of the things. God blesses Noah. Uh, now he can eat animals, uh, but uh, other, you know, because remember, he couldn't eat animals before. It was pretty mm-hmm. much vegetables, probably. Yeah. Um, and, but he still, there's a restriction of about no blood. Yeah. Yeah. And then command for capital punishment, that's in chapter 9. Mm. And then God offers the covenant and then yep. the rainbow, the rainbow. sign. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's then following the flood. Yeah. Um, we we talked about this before. Uh-huh. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you how similar um, the at least I, I pick Gilgamesh because it's got the best mm-hmm. examples of it that yeah. are close to the biblical text. Yeah, so we're just gonna see other yeah. ancient Near East kind of flood. Yeah. Narratives. Here's the Gilgamesh epic. Uh-huh. What I first thought wanted you to see is they think it, it's at least the part that, that we know it, because it goes through several, like there's a Sumerian uh, mm. telling of it. There's Akkadian ones. And then even um, later, um, like Assyrian records talking about it. Of, so, what, of the flood or the, the whole epic uh, of Gilgamesh? Yeah, the whole epic of yeah. Gilgamesh. Okay. And so it, it goes from probably 1300 all the way back to about 2100 wow. in, in, in the telling of the story. Yeah. I wanted you to see that because that's kind of what we've got in the biblical text, hmm. in that we've got um, stories that go back clear before Noah, right? I mean, or I mean Moses. Moses in hmm. the 1400s, well, these stories yeah, yeah. go back thousands of years maybe before him. Yeah. You know, Abraham is like, let's say, 2000 BC. All right. Before that was stuff about the flood and things like that. So yeah, this yeah. could go back quite a bit more. So it would it would be a similar kind of uh, thing yeah. is that the story continues to be told and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, that, that's actually interesting because it's very similar to what the biblical text yeah, does. It is, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, um, or whatever his name is, yep. says to Gilgamesh. Oh, what I wanted to do is, is I wanted you to see the actual wording of Gilgamesh and mm. see how similar it is. Okay. Okay. Um, I will reveal to thee, Gilgamesh, a hidden matter. Uh, when their heart uh, led the great gods to produce the flood. Now, what I've done is I've skipped some stuff. If you see three dots, I've left some of the parts out because yeah. this is a huge story. I mean, mm. it, in the book I was looking at, it probably goes for 50 pages. Wow. So what I tried to do is just pull out the stuff that would help us. Yeah. All right. And then um, he, he tells uh, uh, Gilgamesh to tear down this house and build a ship. Give up possessions, seek thou life, uh, forswear worldly goods, and keep the soul alive. Aboard the ship, take thou the seed of all living things. I thought that was helpful. Yeah. And, and the ship thou shalt build, her dimensions will be to measure. Equal will be her width and her length, like the apsu, that means the heavens, oh. we shall be, uh, you, thou shalt seal her. Um, now, they thought the heavens were hard, so they wanted a ceiling on it that hmm. was solid, too. Interesting. Yeah, so it, it helps us to understand what they're saying. On the fifth day, I laid their framework, and a whole acre was was her floor space. Now, that's really big. An acre, um, yeah. usually at that time, what they thought an acre was, was the, the amount of uh, land that a, a um, oxen, pair of oxen could plow in a day. Mm. So an acre is a lot. That'd be big, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't even think the biblical te- text, the, the ark is that big. Right. So I think that's huge. Um, 
and then it talks about 10 dozen cubits, the height of each of her walls, uh, and, uh, it, and it's a square deck. So I thought, mm. I thought you'd see that. The gods were frightened by the deluge. I thought that was interesting. But they did. That yeah. They made. Yeah. <laughs> wow. um, uh, one, uh, they actually would say that one of the gods actually did oh, it. But and it the others a, were frightened by it or yeah, something. And it, and mm. it was kind of a, an agreement by all of them, except mm. the one that told Gilgamesh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Six days and six nights blows the flood wind and the uh, South Sea or south storm sweeps the land. Then the seventh day arrived, the flood carrying south storm subsided in the battle. So, so it's got a six day flood, Mm -hmm. which it have to be local. It could not be, you know, cause it, cause for that water to go up and come down, the biblical text seems to be a lot more logical that it takes a year over a year than it does over a week or about a week. Um, now, notice it's out in Mount Nizer is where the ship came to rest instead of out Ararat. I thought that's mm. interesting because in their minds, Mount Nizer was the the, the mount they knew with, that was in the north. Yeah. So that was kind of their place. And so they kind of put the flood right. story in their understanding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He sends out a dove, a swallow, a raven. Oh, that's we, funny. It's a, yeah, very similar to yeah. the biblical story. See, it's these similarities that suggest to me that there was an original story that these others took from yeah. and made it their own. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to this Gilgamesh epic. There was a biblical story that actually happened. And they kind of adapted it. To their own, you know, mm. their own culture and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And to their own logic. Remember uh, the logic of the, the gods um, sending the flood because the d- people are too oh, noisy. Oh, they're too noisy, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it fits their logic, but it doesn't seem like it fits ours very well. Yeah. Okay, uh, he, these are the similarities. Um, square, not seaworthy. The, uh, the ark is very, very seaworthy. Mm-hmm. We know that. Uh, six days and six nights, not a, long enough to kill every living being, I wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I could hold my breath for six days and six nights, but, but, sure. but still, that it's going to kill everything on the earth seems like it would take more than that. Yeah. Uh, flood is about a year long enough to kill all living be- beings. Similar to, to the biblical account, he sends out a dove, a swallow, a raven, similar to the biblical story. So this is what I've said. Likely the ancient Eastern stories arose from the biblical story. Yeah. And that would make sense to me. Yeah. So I thought that was helpful. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think the Gilgamesh epic, six days and six nights. Yeah, because that does seem similar to the creation. Creation, yeah. Narrative, yeah. you know, like I mean, that's so that's kind of a. I, I I mean, I guess it could also just be like a week. Maybe they're thinking in terms of yeah, a specific period of time. But it seems it seems odd though that a flood could yeah, yeah. kill everything and do all that that damage. Yeah, the size or the yeah. not epicness, but the um yeah. the scale of it or something. Yeah. Okay, here's the conclusions. Okay. Um, mankind must have been really corrupt. Yeah. Uh, remember, we started off with that, that the earth was already corrupt pretty yeah. much. So I thought that was actually helpful to remember. And that the flood would do serious damage to the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of that, of the, the amount of water that it would take to flood even the highest mountains. Yeah. And then even the receding, how much damage that would do. Yeah. And maybe if there was a Pangea that it even broke up the, 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 the land masses. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense. Um, the flood lasted a year and 11 days. I think that's helpful to remember in our minds. Yeah. It appears that the flood was universal, at least from what I can tell that would be true. And I, I do that more from the amount of water mm-hmm. and the, and the, that you see, uh, shells and stuff like that in places you'd never expect to. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so stuff like that. And then I think the the key is that God started over again with Noah yeah. because the world was so corrupt. Yeah. So I think those are actually really important things that are helpful for us to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's important, I think, to remember, too. It's like what you said at the beginning. I was like, why does this happen? Yeah. It's not really to wipe out sin. It's probably to punish yeah. sin, Clearly but not to, that. like, wipe it out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a restart for righteousness. Can and you tell then, me a little more about that? Yeah, because then uh, what looks like happens, you've got a, a, almost a, a genealogy to get you down to... Mm. Well, you do have the Tower of Babel, uh, mm. and that's before you get to a, uh, Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. But that Tower of Babel seems to, again, wickedness was coming back. There was no doubt about that. Yeah. But his idea about spreading them out so that they are no longer... Mm. Um, could be together and do the amazing things. In, in chapter 11, it is kind of amazing when it says uh, that God actually says, I'm going to spread them out because there's there there's nothing that that these people cannot achieve if mm. they stay together. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty amazing statement where God says yeah, that, yeah. that. That would be for good, but it'd also be for bad. Sure. So right. imagine the wickedness they could do. Yeah. So by spreading them out, you know, and it... I mean, today, I, I actually read something the other day that there, I, I can't remember, but there's been only about a couple hundred years that there haven't been major battles on the earth somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and the amount of money that they spent on protection or, or what right. battles cost is right. just an astronomical. And yeah. imagine if God had not done that, yeah. what could have been here? Well, yeah. I mean... Uh, one of my kind of big theories of the world uh, and the the feeling people have about it, because it, it does seem like people are very, you know, frustrated and, you know, depressed probably isn't quite the yeah. right word, but very down about the state of the world. Sure. And I think the assumption is that it's getting worse and worse and worse. And that may be true, yeah. but I think part of it is just we, we have so much more exposure to it and knowledge of how yeah. horrific so many how many horrible things are happening at a at yeah. any given time? I mean, it's just you know, it's constantly know on your phone. Yeah, yeah, you you know about it, and yeah. and the corruption is so much more yeah. visible, yeah. and like we we experience it, and yeah. you know, it just it can be very you know, it can be real real downer for sure. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I I guess what's interesting about this though is like it seems like in Genesis we get a couple different yeah, you know, ways that God addresses this. Yeah. And what is it all kind of leading to? Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say that what's mm. actually kind of helpful is to realize it's been really wicked in the past and God's yeah. take care of it. So I'm assuming that if it gets really wicked again, God can yeah. also deal with that and right. figure it out. Yeah. Which so, I guess that, that does repeat a lot. We do see yeah. it often in the Bible. Yeah. You know, not to plug the Isaiah podcast again, but we, <laughs> we see it a lot there. Yeah. I mean, God is so frustrated. He's like, what else can I do? Like, yeah. the punishment I've doled out has been, yeah. you know, complete, it seems like, but still, yeah. you know, there's wickedness, so here's what's coming. And next, the good kinda. news is the plan is still going to, he's going to still work it out. Yeah. So that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. encouragement from us. Right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, that's what I have for you today. Okay, that's perfect. I think that was great. Yeah. The flood narrative. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think what we'll do next, but I assume probably get into the Tower of Babel. Do you want to answer that us. question I, I asked a little bit earlier? Oh, what was How it? you connect kind of flood narrative. Oh, yeah. And then like uh, age of creation, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think, well, 
they are connected in, yeah. into some sense because this could be how you get what looks like um, a lot more uh, time here. Because mm-hmm. if there was a flood that laid down a bunch of uh, sediment and yeah. stuff like that, that then had all these layers of fossils and stuff like that, it, it would then help people to say, oh, yeah, it looks like it's very, very old. So I can see how they work together. Okay. Um, but in one sense, they're kind of separate stories, too, because mm-hmm. the creation story gives rise to what can happen in the flood, but but they're not so intricately connected that the flood necessarily had to happen. I see. Yeah. yeah. So, But I, I'm wondering if the flood helps us to get what looked like evidence to confirm that there was really a flood on the earth. Yeah. And maybe God did that so that we'd actually have at least some evidence to suggest the things that the biblical text tells us are hmm. true. Okay. So maybe that's what it's for. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what uh, did you have any ideas for, for yeah. our next topic? Why don't we try the Tower of Babel okay. and yeah. see what that's doing and yeah. why it's there. And, okay. And then probably get next Abraham. All right. That yeah. sounds good to me. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye.